0: Hey, this is Adam Starling. I'm the senior pastor at Victory Family Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray this message will inspire you, encourage you, and hopefully challenge you to become everything that God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Welcome to Victory Family Church. Man! So excited that you guys are with us, so excited to be back in the, the physical building, hopefully if you, you've been joining us online, maybe, if not, that's okay, uh, we'll catch you up real quick on the sermon series that we're currently in called The the Inner Circle, um, which is really the premise of this entire series, entire message series that we're preaching right now, is this, is that everyone is as close to Jesus as you want to be, so uh, basically it's like, if you're like, man, I just don't feel close to Jesus, that's because it's your your fault, not his fault. Um, and so you're as close to Jesus as you want to be. So the goal for the whole series is literally every single week, we're taking one step closer to Jesus. And so uh, last or the first week, week one, we talked about the crowd and how um, in the crowd is is like the big crowd who is following Jesus. And so they, they come to watch and to listen. And so our job as believers, as followers of Jesus is this, is to invite people to the crowd. So that can be people that you work with, people who don't have a home church. It's inviting people to the crowd. And some of us say, well, maybe I'm in the crowd. Well, maybe it's time we take the next step. And so after you're in the crowd, you go to week two, we preached on the 5,000. And so the 5,000 is exactly that. The 5,000 where Jesus stops and he feeds 5,000 people, right? Well, 5,000 plus. And so he feeds the 5,000 and this is the place where we start to follow him. This is when people started following Jesus, and when they began to follow Jesus, they were following him for two things. They were following him for one, for food, because the dude was giving out food. Like, come on, like, like filet of fish sandwiches. Like them or not, Jesus was giving them out for free. So people were following him for the food, and he was also performing miracles. Before he actually, actually performed that miracle of multiplying the loaves and the fishes, he was actually offering them healing in their bodies that they had never experienced before. So it was just incredible things that he was doing. But Jesus says, hey, hey, it's not about the food and it's not about the miraculous signs that you're experiencing. It's really about a relationship with me. So we have to acknowledge that. And, and in that, since we have a relationship with him, we acknowledge that everything that we have, God has given us. And our way to honor God is to actually give it back to him. So everything that he's given us, we think, 'Thank thank you, Jesus. Now we're going to give it back To him. And so this week we're actually going to talk about the 70. So that's a long way around. We're talking about the 70. So in Luke 10, 1 through 3 is where we're going to be reading our scripture from today. So I'm going to be reading out of a different translation than I normally would, but so let's read it together. Uh, Now, after this, the Lord appointed 70 others, and he sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. He was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go, behold, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wool. So that word beseech, the reason I chose this translation because it really breaks down like this it's it means an urgency right like there's an urgent thing that needs to take place like right now. Like it's, it's like right now you have to do this right now. We don't wait. And if you know anything about agriculture, when the harvest is ready, like you go get it then you don't wait because if rain comes and it ruins. And so there's, there's so many different things that play into this. And so Jesus is saying right now is the time like this. There's an urgency in this. Don't wait any longer. Go now. So there's an urgency within this. So Jesus sends the 70 and he tells them to ask for workers of the harvest. Jesus is saying, let's put our feet to our faith. You say you have big faith, so let's put our feet and our actions to this following me. Jesus is talking, following me isn't about watching and believing those things are great, but it's about finding your role within the body of Christ, finding that role and doing it. And he breaks it down, breaks down the rest of the passage. And for the sake of time, honestly, I'm not going to read all of them. But in verse four, he says to live by faith. In verse five, he says, bless people's houses. In verse seven, he says, be content with what you already have. In verse nine, he says, heal and meet the needs of people. In verse 10, it says, you will be rejected. Learn how to deal with it right like it's like oh great thanks jesus like go out and do these things but you're gonna get rejected so just deal with it uh then then they go on and they minister in ways and they return in verse 17 it says this they return with joy and they say to the lord that even the demons listen to us in your name and jesus responds like that is great that's incredible i'm so excited for what is happening that i mean like he's beside himself that they're actually doing what he's asked them to do but then in verse 20 he says however Don't rejoice that the Spirit submit to you. Rather rejoice that your name is written in heaven. See, I think that's something that we should never forget, that no matter how we serve God and no matter what we are doing, that God is placing in our hands and what we're doing with it, that the, the greatest thing in all of this is that our names are written in heaven, right? Like that is the greatest thing in all of history and humanity is that when we accept Jesus, that our names are now written in heaven. And so we are now set apart. We are different. We are called to be different. And so to me, it's like, okay, God, I will serve you. I will do whatever I can with my life. I will give it to you, but the most exciting thing about all of this is not that I preach on Sundays, is that my name is actually written in heaven. And so it's like, God, absolutely. Like, you give me eternal life to be with you. Come on, I will do whatever you ask of me. So this, but but in doing so that I remember, the most important thing in this is that my name is in heaven. Most of us, most of us, if we love Jesus, we'd say, man, like, I want him to use me, right? Like, if you love Jesus in any spectrum, like, you want to say, Jesus, I want you to use me. Like, use me in this way. Use me. Just please use me. But the only thing is we, we always hold ourselves back because when he gives us something to do, we're unwilling to say yes in that moment. It's like, hey, I want you to do this. And we're just like, mm, maybe tomorrow, right? Like, there's always a hesitancy. Like, I, I thought it was funny. So, like, when I was saved at 16, I was like, man, I just want to do something. Like, give me something to do. So, I went to my youth pastor. And I was like, man, I just want to do something. He's like, hey, I want you to preach. And I was like, yeah, is there anything else I can do? <laughs> he was like, no, I need, can you do this? I was like, like anything else. Like I will mop floors. I don't want to preach. And so, but literally that's how God works sometimes. Like he's like, I want to do something. He's like, okay, you want to do something? Well, here, it, it, it's right here. But a lot of times we hold ourselves back because we're unwilling to say yes when he actually gives us something. See, the 70 is, is, is more than that we just know Jesus. The 70 is where we're starting to really want to be like him. We're starting to want to become like Jesus in every way. It means following Jesus to places and working and serving like he's called us to. But please understand this. I, want, I like If I don't say anything else that you don't understand or hear anything else that I say today, know this. We work because we're saved, not for him to save us. Right? Like. We work because we are saved. Like we are, that's why we work for him. He's not going to save us because we're working for him. It, it's literally the repentance is what saves us. It's not in and, and his good grace. It's nothing else. It's nothing that we can do. We can't go out and work enough. Like honestly, I can't preach enough sermons to preach my way into heaven if I don't have repentance within my heart. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, it is by grace that you have been saved through what faith. You can't work for salvation. It's impossible. The work is already done. But works allow us to have genuine faith. It allows us to live out our faith in front of other people. It allows us to have genuine moments, right, to be followed by authentic movements of God. So we have a genuine moment, so it's followed by authentic movement. So we have a moment, then we have a movement that follows. Getting saved, it's like a wedding, right? Like you get married, you make a commitment. You get saved, you make a commitment to God. Like you're in this thing forever. It's a natural progression though in the marriage. You would work for one another to make this thing go. You have to to work at your marriage. And the same thing with your relationship with Jesus. Sometimes you have to work because he's calling you to work to be closer to him, to be more like his son Jesus. I serve him because I love him and I realize all that he's done for me. If he's never done anything else other than save me, it's more than enough for me to to give my life and repay, try to repay him in somewhat, you know, in some way, shape, or form. In James 2, 14 through 17, it says, what use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works, Can that faith save him if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food? And one of you says to them, go in peace and be warmed and filled. And yet you didn't give him what was necessary for their body. What use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. So, right? Like, it's like basically like just stop pretending like you have faith And do something, like do faith. Like like if if somebody's hurting, if they're broken, if they didn't need, look your faith steps into place, it goes into action, and it's mobilized in that moment to help one another. When, when, when it says that in the Bible, when it says, Jesus looked at the crowds and he had compassion on them, you know what that word compassion is? It is a call to action. It is not to sit back and say, oh, I'm sympathetic, I'm empathetic. With you. No, no, it was a, literally a call to action for Jesus to say, man, I have compassion on you, so I'm going to move from my state of comfortability, and I'm going to move into your place where I'm uncomfortable, because you need something in this moment. You need something right now. It's calling us out from where we are into something else. See, maybe we, we should do this. Maybe we should have less, less Bible studies and more Bible doings, right? Like, like, that's hard. I love studying the Word of God. Like, I can read Scripture all day long, right? But like, like maybe we shouldn't study it so much. Maybe we should just actually go out and do it, right? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it sounds crazy, but I don't know. Let's try it sometimes. Uh, like, literally... I think it's, it's the action step. We need something, like we, sometimes we treat our faith as something to be admired, but not lived out daily. Like I admire my faith, but yet it's not lived out each and every day of my life. Jesus was always doing, in Matthew 28, this, it says the son of man came to serve, not to be served. When we serve God and his people, we are becoming more like Jesus. And that's the goal. The goal is what? To be like Jesus. Jesus, right? Like to literally be like Jesus. But sometimes I hear people, they they come to church and they say like, I'm going to ease my way into serving, right? Like I get it. I mean, sure, you 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 don't want to just jump in the pool. Well, I do. I know when I go swimming, like I don't like the ease into the cold water. No, I just want to jump in and get it over with, right? So I think for me, serving kind of comes the same way. I just want to jump all in. If I'm going to be a part of this thing, I want to be a part of this thing. I don't want to ease my way in. And then sometimes there's people that come come and they say things like, you know, I've had so many wounds from the past. Like I have so many bad church experiences and, and church hurt. And look, I get it. Honestly, if I could just say anything to be a little open and transparent today, it's like I understand church hurt. I understand church hurt on a, on a real deep level. And so I, I've been there and, and I get the church hurt. Uh, but I've always heard this, like for me to get past that. Like right, I, I have to have to actually do something. I have to actually take an action step to get out of my hurt, right? But we don't get better dwelling on the past, right? And so, so many, and too many times, we allow in the past to dictate our future instead of just stepping up to what God's called us to. Like we we step back. So I've heard. I mean, everybody's probably heard this thing: hurt people, hurt people, right? Right? You're hurting people, hurting or hurt, hurt people. That's what, that's what happens. But why? Like, why is that? Hurt people should actually help people. They should be the ones, the catalysts that are helping so many more people because it's, it's, it's like this. If I'm hurt, I know how to get out of my hurt. I know how to get out of my pain. So since I'm hurt, let me help you get out of your hurt. Cause I'm hurt too. So I'm going to get out of this thing. I'm not going to stay here. It's like this. Like my mom was in a car accident. Man, I don't even know, 10, 12 years ago, like forever ago, like literally her foot was like torn off of her leg. Like it was pretty gruesome, like dangling there. Sorry for the illustration there, but it was. Um, and so she had many, many surgeries, but literally after every surgery, it didn't matter. They came in and they said, okay, it's time for physical therapy. And mom's like, I can't, like, I just had surgery. And like, yeah, we know but you need to start wiggling your toes. You need to start doing this. You need to start bending your foot. You need to start walking. You need to start putting pressure. Like there was a progression, but it was always immediately after that you have to get better to get better as you have to start doing something. Because when we don't do something, what happens is infection sets in and infection leads to death. And that's what they know. And so for us, when we don't move past the hurt, when the hurt comes and we're not taking steps to go through our physical therapy, our spiritual therapy, what's happening is infection is setting within us. And then what happens, we slowly begin to die. We slowly begin to remove back from our purpose and our callings that God's placed in each and every one of us. It's like God has called you to be a pastor and a minister to your workplaces, not just for me to stand on stage and do this on a Sunday, but for you to live this thing out and do it Monday through Sunday. Like, this is your calling. This is your purpose. It minimizes our hurt and our pain when we begin to move through it. See, I I see, honestly, like, I'm begging for you to serve, but honestly, it's for so many reasons, but that's not for me. And honestly, it's not even for our church. Uh, like we would love for you to serve here, but it's not for that. Serving, when you're serving, you discover your purpose, yes. right? Like when you serve, you're not discovering my purpose. I know my purpose. Like, but when you start serving, you begin to discover it. Like you can talk to anybody who's ever gone on a missions trip. They go on a mission trip and they come back and they're a completely different person. Now, I don't know if, like, inherently they helped a whole lot while they were actually on the trip. uh, But when they came back, like, it changed them. Because why? Because they went and served someone that could offer them nothing. And so serving you helps discover your purpose. Serving, it unlocks your potential that you didn't even know you had. Like, you do not even know you had it, but it unlocks it. Serving stretches us out of our comfort zone, which allows us to grow. Serving builds relationships. Right, lifelong friendships I I literally have today because of serving opportunities. Like, I mean, crazy friendships and relationships, even like ministry and non-ministry, because of opportunities where we served communities, where we served and helped. When we we served natural disasters when they happened, we would show up and serve. And it's because friendships are built around that. You build relationships that help spur you along in life through serving. Look, and I'll just say this: if it's not here serve somewhere. Honestly, like if it's not this church, go serve at another church. If it's not church in general, serve at work. If uh, serve like literally anywhere within your community, find a place and serve because I promise you, your life will be so much more fulfilled when you begin to serve, right? It's like, it's taking that step closer. And for us to, to actually take the step closer to Jesus that we're called to today, I think it starts with serving. Like it literally starts with serving. So there's three types of serving that I want to encourage you with and engage you with. Just real quick. So if you're taking notes, you can write these down. Um, If you're not, that's cool too. Whatever, they'll be on the screen. Um, The first one is general, like general way to serve. Every person should do this. Like literally every person in this room right now should do this. And how do you do this? You serve in an easy way, like serving your city, right? Pick up trash, like, even if it's not your trash, pick it up, right? Mow people's yards, right? That's crazy. Mow people's yards. Like, look, look. there's people right now who are who literally are not getting out of their house, and that's okay. Like, they're scared of this. They don't want to get sick, so they're staying in. There's things that you can do to serve them, right? Like, there's there's nursing homes within our own community that I promise you, if you were to stop by and drop off a whole bunch of Coca-Cola, they would love you forever. And they don't even ever have to know you, but they would love you, right? Like, serve the homeless, help with foster care, serve in communities and schools, like find ways to serve within our city. Second way is this, gathered. Sunday mornings, serve in church, ushers, greeters, the little techie stuff back there in that booth that I know nothing about. Like I I was here the other day and I was like, how do I turn this thing on? And they're like, what's the, how many passwords? This is crazy, right? Serving youth, serving kids. As we come back, this is the perfect opportunity to just jump in and serve. Like, I'm just gonna be 100% honest. There's a lot of people who are not coming back immediately. They're waiting. Like, there's so many text messages and phone calls of calling people and they're just like, look, like, man, we love you guys and we're so excited for the church and we cannot wait to be there. But right now, What's best for me and my family is that we're just gonna stay back. And I get that. Like, I, I'm, I'm 100% supportive. Like, I understand. That's, if that's the way you feel, that's what you're going. Like, I'm with you. I'm praying for you. I'm believing. Like, I'm okay with that. But there's some of us that are like, man, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm here. Let's do this thing. So jump in. is the perfect opportunity. Like, well, there's plenty. Of, I promise you. There's plenty of places to serve within this church. The reality is this. Our community has thousands of lost people. Thousands. Thousands of lost, broken, hurting people. And you know what they need? They need you. They need you. They don't need me necessarily, but they, they, do, they do need you, right? They, and they need you desperately to serve them, to love them, to care for them. We need you as a church, obviously, but they need you. And the last thing is this, expertise. Expertise in your area of expertise. What are you good at? God wants to take the way you are uniquely designed and gifted and use that for an opportunity to serve for his glory to what? To advance his church. The church is full of nurses. Again, those techie smart people back there in the booth, contractors, realtors, business owners, small business owners, entrepreneurs that have incredible creative ideas. These types of people can serve serve out of their expertise and what they're good at. Like I was a plumber for 10 years and it was exciting. Not really. (laughs) Like it was, it was uneventful. Uh, But I remember when I was my area of expertise, we were, we were in Houston, Texas, and we were part of a church plant and we were youth pastors and I was working for a school district there. And I remember walking into the maintenance office one day and that's because that's where I worked. And I told him my maintenance director, I said, Hey man, like, I'm, like our arrival time was 5am. I said, man, I'm going to be late tomorrow. They asked me to speak at the, the Christian club on campus. He goes, Oh man, it's good. He said, this is what I want you to do. Want you to you come in? I want you to clock in and then go speak at it. Um, and he said, don't worry about wearing Cause we had like a uniform, not really, just a shirt. He said, "Don't worry about wearing your uniform. Like, just wear what you normally wear, but just wear your badge that day." I was like, "Okay." And, uh, and so I just went and I would speak. And I actually would speak there every other week uh, because I was the readily available pastor on on campus all the time. Uh, and so I, was, I began to preach and I began to notice that God was using my area of expertise through plumbing to actually use it. He said, look, David, you're called to do this thing. So I'm gonna give you every opportunity. I'm gonna give you every avenue to do this. And you're gonna get paid for it, right? Like we were volunteer youth pastor. We weren't getting get paid for that mess, but we were getting paid to preach on school campus. Because why? Because God said, you have an expertise and I'm gonna use it. For my glory and so they're like career day I showed up like they're like hey like you speak to the students anyways will you show up and speak to them at this career day function I'm like yes I talked about plumbing and then they were like so what else do you do and I was like I don't I can't talk about this in school they're like yeah yeah what else yeah I'm also a pastor at a church so I was like this is crazy but this is so great but God got to use the, the area of expertise that I had to help someone else right i know it was a job but then there were so many other times that through that skill level i've been able to serve people and help people who couldn't afford to call a plumber and have them come out and do stuff because i was just like man i just feel like i can give back let me help you right there's so many people like that that are sitting in this room now if you're a photographer Hey, look, like not only can we use you in church to capture moments and memories of the people who are being saved, who are being set free, who are being baptized, but maybe you can, think about this. I think this is so cool. You have the opportunity to capture someone's first moment on the parking lot, their moment of salvation, their moment of baptism, their moment of, you have literally, you could create a timeline of the photos that you have the opportunity to take and see their lives changed. What do you have? What has God given you? Understand that you, God designed you and wired you specifically that way to give back, not just to hoard it to yourselves, that you can leverage that level of expertise to bring people what, closer to Jesus. I never thought plumbing would bring people closer to Jesus, but it did every single day. It amazes me how faithful God is when we give everything that we have back to him. All three of these are very important. Why? General serving, it humbles you. It does, it humbles you. Picking up trash, that'll humble you. I don't care who you are. Like, it just humbles you. It allows the Holy Spirit to work on you. It kills all pride. Pride has no place to live when you're able to lower yourselves and just generally serve people. Gathering, serve, serving. So when you're gathered, serving keeps you connected to the body of Christ. What you become here is a contributor, not a consumer. You show to give back, not just to consume serving in your area of expertise, it gives you the fulfillment to a higher level that you never thought you could have. Family, this church is a church of contributors, not consumers. It's a bunch of people who say, look, I just want to get on board and serve God to the best of my abilities. I want to see God move in this city. I want to see God change the the, the demographic and the face of the city to be people of God. And so they just come and serve and believe. Coronavirus, so honestly, has given us a consumer mindset. Right, I'll just set it home. It's easy, right? I'll just I'll take a step back in the season. This this is an easy out. This is my way out. Like I like church better online, anyways. Right? I can watch church in my pajamas. Come on, like that's the the greatest thing ever. Like eating a bowl of cereal, chilling on the couch in my PJs. Like I don't care. Now for me, though, I'm a, little, I'm a little different. I would get up and get dressed and just watch the screen, right? Like, it's, it's weird. It's just, I'm going to church, I'm going to church, right? But it literally created a consumer mindset within all of us. But really, God has called us to give back. God has called us to serve. So let's not take a step back. God has called us to be an army to move forward. So let's step up. Let's step out. Let's move forward. Let's continue to press the gospel forward as we go. Today, if you want to take that next step, you can't do it. You can't. It's not possible without serving. Our next step today to be from the 5,000 to the 70, is literally taking the step and saying, God, I'll serve you in any way, shape, form, any way you call me, allow me to serve you. Let's pray today. Jesus, today we love you. We thank you so much for your faithfulness and goodness on our lives God, we we pray that you would continue to work in our hearts today. God, each and every day, I I, I believe as as a church, as a family, God, that we would take one step closer to be more like your son, Jesus. God, give us the strength. Give us the ability. Give us, God, the courage to follow after you with everything that's in us. Let us be more like your son, Jesus, today. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to ask a simple question. If you're in here today and... Honestly, I talked a lot about faith and a lot about Jesus and following him. But you would say, hey, look, like my, my next step is really good, needs to be my first step. And I really just need to give Jesus my life. I need to surrender my life over to him. Everything I've tried to do, I've tried to do it my way and it's just not working out. And today I'm just ready to give my life to him. Whether it's the first time or the hundredth time, you're rededicating your life or you're just honestly asking Jesus for the first time into your life. I just want you to raise your hand because we're going to all pray this prayer out loud. But if that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand. I just want to pray for you specifically. And I pray, we're going to pray this prayer right here. It's so simple, okay? It's a simple prayer of salvation. I want you guys to all pray it out loud with me. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media and tag at VFC underscore Chickasha. If you haven't already, download the Victory Family Church app to stay connected with everything that's happening throughout the week. Thanks again for listening. Have an awesome week.